the uh, operator firm was able to go through the cash out refinance and they, they send us a, a big fat check. And the best thing for someone like myself who's a former tax accountant, uh, having those money received completely tax-free because, again, it was return of principal, so it's not a taxable event. So getting a significant portion of your money back and still being invested in that investment and not paying taxes on it, it's a dream come true. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, where you'll learn from the world's most savvy syndicators and investors exactly what it takes to invest in apartment building syndications. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey everybody, welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny, and our guest today is Alina Trigum. How you doing, Alina? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for being here. Alina is the founder and managing partner of Samo Financial. She owns over 1,100 units in multifamily. In addition, she also invests in mobile homes and self-storage. Alina runs an investment club for passive real estate investors and provides exclusive investment opportunities to help investors build wealth for themselves and their families for generations to come. So Alina, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your investment club and how it works. Sure, and thank you for the introduction, Mark. Um, I started two separate real estate meetups. One is in the city, one is in New Jersey. We we welcome everyone. We have people that do different types of investing. Some are uh, buy and hold investors, some are flippers, some are passive investors and syndications. Uh, but our topics and our presenters mainly evolve about um, long-term investing, how, how to buy real estate, um, mainly commercial real estate, and hold it for a long time. Uh, so that at the times like now, we wouldn't be forced to sell it, but we would be able um, to stay put, hold on to our investments, and kind of wait it out and... Um, uh, let the investment grow in its own, uh, manage it, manage the expectations, manage the risk, and, and be able to um, survive through the ups and downs of the economy. So when you meet a investor who's interested in working with you, um, can you walk me through what that process is like? How do, how do you know if it's a good fit? And how, how, how do you then connect that person with investment opportunities that make sense for them? Sure, Mark. Uh, typically, uh, we start the process by asking investors to uh, complete a short application that has uh, a number of questions, uh, mainly around uh, their uh, education, uh, background, understanding that investments involve risk, um, finding out whether they're accredited or not, um, and then uh, determining what their short-term and long-term goals are. Um, and then we uh, meet with them, have um, an initial strategy call, and if needed, uh, follow-up calls after that to determine whether they are interested uh, to be passive investors in syndications or whether they have um, other um inspirations that they're trying to pursue and uh, believe it or not I, I 
I do get a, a lot of people reach out uh, beyond just those that want to be passive investors just because I'm very active on bigger pockets and a lot of people see that and read my uh, bigger pocket blogs as well and people reach out asking for help, advice, suggestions. Um, I, I'm actually in the process of putting together like a virtual mastermind for those starting out in real estate and that are not sure where to go. So I'm, I'm putting together a mastermind for those that are, uh, would like my help in pushing them forward so anyone can reach out and learn more about it. Um, but in general, so, so yeah, uh, the, the applications, then the follow-up calls help us to determine whether there is a fit. And uh, at that point, we, if there is a fit, we determine what, what are the interests of uh, the specific person and uh, we try to help them down the road. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's amazing. It's It seems like it's very helpful that you can work with uh, passive investors who are looking to place capital, and then you're also able to work with people who are more interested um, in, in, in working on the active side of things uh, on an educational basis for those, you know, for those people who are interested in, in sourcing deals and being more active. So I, I heard you mention before for a passive investor, um, you've mentioned that there are three things that a passive investor should look for. There's the deal sponsor, the market, and then the asset itself. Um, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Absolutely, very good. You've done your homework. <laughs> uh, typically, uh, and I uh, strongly recommend it to anyone and everyone, people that are going on their own or um, working with others in, in groups, um, when evaluating passive opportunity, you, you have to start um, with the operator because um, if a deal is bad, but you have a good operator, you have a much higher chances of surviving through the times, challenging times like we're going through right now, as opposed to if you have a good deal, but a bad operator, there is a very high chance that they, that bad operator may destroy that good deal altogether. Um, and that's why I strongly recommend um, having um conversation with the operator um, and I, I typically offer people um, a list of suggested questions that I've prepared on my own that that they can use when having that conversation to find out uh, what is their performance history, how long they've been in business, who are their partners, what is their long-term strategy, uh, how are they selecting the asset types, what markets are they in, how do they select those markets um, and really making that uh, into a conversation to determine uh, number one whether the operator strategy fits your needs and number two um, whether there is a, a synergy and alignment between what the operator is offering uh, uh, how how they uh, present themselves and, and your goals and uh, needs and opportunities and you know if you see that alignment then the next step is to really evaluate the market where the opportunity is. Um, let's say an operator is a multifamily operator. They're presenting you a deal in, for instance, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, we know that Dallas is booming. Um, there is a, a huge influx of people moving into there. The, the large employers are moving there. There's a ton of jobs. Uh, 
in that market. So those are all really good positive indicators of a very strong market. And that's what you want to see in the market. And again, when evaluating the market, you don't just evaluate the market in a silo. You have to look at it from the asset type perspective as well uh, because what's most important for multifamily may not be most important for uh, retail or um, self-storage so always look from that perspective um, why there is a demand and if there is a demand is there a supply and if there is very little supply then can the operator that's going into that market that you're investing with can they satisfy uh, some some of that demand and so forth and the last but still very important indicator is the deal itself so you you put a check mark on the operator you put a check mark on the market now let's look at the deal itself um, a lot of people um, just look at the numbers and they say for instance oh cash on cash is 10 percent oh that's phenomenal i'll go for it or you know irr is 15 percent that's wonderful I, I like the deal but i always always strongly strongly encourage um folks to not only look at those um key quantitative indicators but look at them in conjunction with the qualitative indicators which are what is the overall strategy for this particular deal um, what is the team uh, planning to do with it um, if it's a value add um, what are they doing are they doing major renovations to uh, units are they um, renovating 30 percent of the units 70 percent of the units um, you know if it's not the units renovation are they just doing some minor touch-ups cosmetic touch-ups and, and that's it so you know always determine start with a strategy core value at core plus and so forth and see whether that strategy uh, resonates with you and, and your plans because you know not everyone has to be a value at investor some people just want to park their cash and make sure that um, it's in a safe place so for core or even core plus maybe a decent strategy for them as well so that should be step number one and then evaluating deal as a whole um, in terms of the um, how long the investment is planned to be hold on for what type of loan the uh, operator is getting uh, what are the terms that they're offering um, what is the minimum investment and so forth um, all of it has to be looked in conjunction with one another to make an informed decision and sorry if i threw a lot of you no that's great yeah that's super helpful and it, it does make a lot of sense i'm curious just um, backing up a little bit more to the first step, which is the deal sponsor. Um, so what's the best way to vet that person? And are there any red flags that you look out for and that you teach your investor group to look out for? Um, for instance, maybe it's someone's very first syndication or first deal and they don't have a track record yet. Is that um, what would you say to uh, circumstances like that? So, so um you know, I, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor, so I typically do not make any recommendations. Uh, I do share my opinion. And if in your example, Mark, if it's someone who is doing their first deal, then the next question would, that, would be, are they doing it on their own or do they have 
experienced partner uh, and not just a mentor, someone who is overlooking what they're doing, but a partner who um, is also involved in a deal and will be actively involved. And again, when the situations like right now will arise, will that partner be active enough to drive the deal in the right way and make sure that, you know, we, let's say, limit the renovations, we don't spend any money on any minor maintenance, only concentrate on major maintenance, we'll ensure that social distancing is enforced by the property management and so forth. Because if the operator is an experience, if someone is doing their first deal, um, you can't blame them for not knowing all these things. It's not something that comes to you naturally. You learn it over time. And if you don't have a partner who has gone through multiple iterations of the same process and ideally has gone through a recession and has that in their track record, um, it's very, very difficult to um, be able to cover all the angles and be able to manage through the uh, hardships like you know people are going through now and manage the deal and be able to maintain it in a good condition i'm not saying it's a, it's it cannot be done it can be done but it's uh, virtually impossible to um, cover all the angles if if you don't have that experience under your belt sure sure yeah that's great advice i think just having a solid team in place will like you said uh, solve a lot of those problems and hopefully overcome any blind spots that that new person has um yeah so i i love that advice and then as far as the market i feel like most investors really understand um you know cash on cash return how the debt is structured um you know the general return the hold period those are all things that i think most people understand but not I would say not every investor properly understands how to research the market and, and understand the market, as, as you mentioned. Do you have any tips for a, a good place to start if, if someone is looking at a deal, maybe in a state or city they haven't invested in before? What, what should they be looking for? Sure. Uh, so typically, uh, there's a bunch of websites that people can review, such as uh, bestplaces.com, and then the local website uh, for the county, the, the town, and the metro area um, of a specific market. Uh, look at what Economic Development Committee is doing in the area. Um, look what the area is offering. Are there major employers in the area? And for instance, if someone is looking at a city um, where the major employer is the army, um, you know, for some people it may may be uh, the norm, but for some people it could be a red flag because army tends to move uh, from one place to another. So if that major employer um, is gone, then what's going to happen? Are there other major employers uh, that are second to best that are also large enough to provide employment to the rest of the population and to keep the economy going. So those are some of the indicators that people need to look at and evaluate um, when reviewing the market. Also see what's going on, what are city plans uh, with developing the, the place. Um, are they adding, if it's a multifamily, are they adding more apartments? Um, is the supply low or high? Those are the kind of indicators that um, an investor has to look at. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, that's very helpful. Another thing, I noticed that you, you tend to bring your own funds in, into almost every deal that you bring to your investors and, and your investor group. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious if you could kind of share the, the strategy behind that. Sure. Um, again, um, from a, a, each investor's perspective is if uh, if I have a skin and again to them it's a indicator that I, I'd be more responsible for the deal. So a lot of people don't realize that having the funds um, it may be a, a good indicator, but it's for me it's definitely not a deal breaker because uh, for someone like myself, my reputation and the reputation of my brand is a lot more important than you know 50,000 you know and while 50,000 is a large sum of money but as Warren Buffett once said that it takes uh, I don't remember the number he used but you know let's say he said that it takes 20 years to build a reputation and only five minutes to ruin it so the, the same is the case here it takes years to build that reputation to build that personal brand um, and it's absolutely essential for me and people like myself to maintain um, that personal brand and maintain the reputation of our firm. So there's absolutely uh, no need for me in my case to see whether I put my funds in or I don't put my funds in. I mean, for some people, yes, they sleep better when they know that my funds are in. But from my standpoint, um, the the reputation is a lot more important than anything else, and and that includes um, safeguarding the assets um, of our investors and making sure that the deal is proceeding as planned and taking care of all the um, you know putting down the fires, taking care of all the red flags that are coming up, and you know we we all people things happen and what folks don't realize that no one could have predicted the pandemic and the thing that we're going through. Um, None of us has, have ever lived through something like this. However, people that have, that have lived through the recession have an idea on how to approach situation like today, because they look at it as a natural disaster. And if you had a plan in mind that, uh, uh, you used in the past for natural disasters and for the recessions, then you would be able to um, somewhat easily adjust and apply some of the steps within that plan, within that strategy uh, to the pandemic and to the situation that we're going through these days. Now it's that time in the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so that others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So Alina, with that said, what's the best real estate deal that you've done? Sure. So I I started investing uh, in real estate as an equity partner about seven years ago. And uh, to this point, one of the best deals I've done was... Um, one of my first investments where um, after only being a couple of years in that investment, we received um, 40 to 50% of the equity back, which was phenomenal. Um, the uh, operator firm was able to go through the cash out refinance and they, they send us a, a big fat check 
and the best thing for someone like myself was a former tax accountant uh, having those money received completely tax-free because again it was a return of principal so it's not a taxable event so getting um, a significant portion of your money back and still being invested in that investment uh and not paying taxes on it it's you know it's a dream come true what advice would you give to a passive investor looking for a deal like that um you know who who would be interested in getting their principal back as early as possible uh, i would say start with the operators and uh, look at the operators prior performance look at their strategies if uh, cash out refinance um, has been in their plans and has been trending for them for a majority of their investments, then chances are it may happen again. Although, again, um, you have to look at the economy and the cycles and where we're at right now. So chances that um, that cash out refinance event may happen will also be triggered by what's going on in the world and in that particular market as well. But again, once you identify several operators like that, um, uh, have a conversation with them, look deeper into their performance, their track record, their overall resume, if you will. And um, then if, if everything resonates, then consider joining their list and um, investing with them down the road. Great. And Alina, what would you say is the worst real estate deal that you've done? Uh, th there was this one deal a um, few years ago. I was also an equity partner in it. Um, and unfortunately, it, it was uh, um, it, it received a large uh, city fine for not following some of the city orders, and that happened without uh, the operator knowing property management company. I was not diligent enough in following the city orders. Um, that fine was so large that they had to hire um, a legal team to fight some of it back. That has impacted the dividends, so we stopped receiving div dividends for that deal. And then um, eventually the partners decided to s sell it off. And while we still ended up at the gain, but the gain was below 10%, which was way smaller than anticipated. So obviously the IRR was impacted and everything, uh, in, and the dividends uh, were impacted since we never received them. But, you know, we at the end result, if, if you look at it from a grand scheme of scheme, it's, it's, uh, it's not the worst one, but it's, it was definitely way below the expectations for that specific deal. Got it. And did you take anything away from that that's helped you as you look at future opportunities? Or would you say that's more of a uh, random event that's hard to spot? I would say in general, it's hard to spot. But what I also notice is the team. Um, uh, I believe that those partners are not working together anymore. Uh, so that to me was an indicator that this was more or less a one-off for them so i i always looking at the teams i i always look at the teams where uh partners have been working together for a while and plan to continue to be part of the same company moving forward and don't have any plans of just uh putting the forces together uh, in order to um buy one specific property sure sure 
Well, great. We're almost out of time, but I'd like to ask you one final question. What advice would you give to a passive investor right now in today's market? I know that you mentioned you personally are waiting a few months to see what happens. Is that what you would recommend for other passive investors? Is now not a great time to be looking at deals? I think now is a perfect time to get educated. And if you have already educated yourself as a passive investor, I would say um, continue reinforcing the knowledge, whatever area you're in, everything requires some sort of calculations. I know a lot of people struggle with calculations, uh, whether it's multifamily underwriting or whether it's looking at flips or whatever else. Um, do uh, do the training, education, and due diligence now and put more time into it. Um, you're still able to speak with other investors in the area. So reach out to other folks that are doing what you want to do down the road. Um, ask about their experiences. Ask uh, what areas they would say you need to reinforce your knowledge in. And take this time to uh, reinforce and on those knowledge and be ready to take action um, when the times are better. Alina, where can others connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? They can find me through social media um, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, BiggerPockets, or they can find me through my website, which is semofinancial.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Mark, thank you for having me. And it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show and you have a great day as well. If you're a passive investor interested in exclusive opportunities, join the free mastermind at giantapartmentbuildings.com. You'll learn from the industry's top experts on how to invest in apartment buildings. Go to giantapartmentbuildings.com.